Music Tasmania acknowledges with deep respect the traditional owners and custodians of the land Luchawida, Tasmania. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and recognise the power and importance of country. Around 11,700 years ago, the waters of the Bass Strait rose and separated this landmass from the mainland of Australia and it became the wild island we know today. Tasmania is not for the faint-hearted. Chopping wood in the rain is hard and the freezing winter wind punches you in the throat. But this place is so beautiful and rare with its deep waters and gigantic trees. It makes you take a long look at yourself and face your fears. My name is Bianca Blackhall and I'll be guiding you through Music Tasmania's series of podcasts. We'll navigate the bubbly and bright, the mournful and strange, the pure esoteric and full-volume rock and roll of Tasmania's sonic community. So let's get cracking. My name is Keith Deverell, and for this first episode, we're going to go on a short journey around Luchawita, Tasmania. And on this journey, we're going to hear from a group of people who describe the sounds and the reverberations that inspire them and connect them to this place. When I'm moving around country, I'm continually talking with country and country is continually talking to me in all sorts of ways in my mind through what I can see, what I can feel with my feet and my hands, what I can smell, what I can taste in the air, but also through silence and through sound and the sounds of country are actually a series of symbols and signs and and language through sound that we can take in if we're listening carefully enough and if we have that relationship with country to be able to talk her language. And sometimes when I'm moving through country, it's the sounds that tell me what's happening in country or it's the feel of something. So if I hear the cry of black cockatoo or a group of black cockatoos flying overhead, I know that it's probably bad weather on the way and probably rain. And if I'm walking through an area of country and I feel vibrations through my feet, it usually tells me that there's a snake not too far away from me because, you know, those animals are telling me, hey, you know, I'm not too far away from you. I can hear you moving about on country and I'm just letting you know that I'm here. You know, I'm just going to send a vibration through country that you can that you can pick up on so you know I'm about and you don't tread on me or get too close to me or whatever. And, you know... For me and my ancestors, the sound of wind moving through trees is incredibly 
important that is a language in its own right and takes a lifetime, you know, to understand. But, you know, we hear uh, the messages that are carried through country, um, you know, on the wind and the wind moving through through trees. And these are all really important guides for me when moving through country and they tell me about safety and danger. They tell me about areas that are for me to move through and other areas that are not for me to move through. And, you know, they carry important and powerful and ancient messages through ancient languages um, that, you know, I guess I know as an Aboriginal person, um, I have the privilege to be able to, you know, kind of interpret and understand and, and use as, as, as guidance. That was Fiona Hamilton, strong, proud Tasmanian Aboriginal woman. I was with her one day when we saw the black cockatoo swoop down from the mountains in Queenstown. And she looked at them and said the same thing she just said in this podcast. There must be a storm coming. There's something poetic when we hear a mob of birds going off in Tasmania, squawking and carrying on the black cockatoos and the crows, or is it ravens? Apparently there's only ravens here. Julia Druin describes these ravens. First time surrounded by nature. First time surrounded by creatures. First time I was feeling I was human, small, vulnerable, dangerous. I was interacting those crowds. I just had a baby. I was tired. And they let me in, in their secret assembly. They were discussing something.
Let's talk about my favourite sound. The fact of the matter is I don't actually have a favourite sound because there's just too many sounds. There's too many sounds that I like or that I enjoy. So I'm going to tell the story of when I first discovered an interesting sound which moved me towards making, wanting to make sound. So it was when I was in primary school and we used to have these portable classrooms in the schoolyard. Uh, they were brown, tin things, they were cold, they were hot, they were annoying, but one day we threw a rock at it and it made this ping sound, this echoing reverb delay laser sound and it fascinated us. So during lunch, quite often, we'd go up to it with a 20-cent piece or whatever and just put our ears to the portable and ping, just tap it. And we'll tap out beats. And this is what it sounds like, kind of. I can't find a portable to do this on. I don't know if it would make the same sound. I don't know if the portable at school was, was the perfect portable for making this ping laser sound. So I heard this clip on YouTube a few years ago and it reminded me of it. And I'm going to pull it up and take the sound sample and you can listen to it. It's a... Uh, it's a rock being dropped into a glacier or into a tube of ice like a hundred meters down or something and it's making all these bing, 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 and that's my sound. That's the sound that got me interested in sound. Here it is. Gibbo has been synonymous with sound on this island. And to hear the inspiration for his journey into music and journey into sound comes from him throwing stones at his classroom and leads us beautifully into the Brisbane Hotel, into the female toilets where Georgia Lucy and her friends would gather. Back in 2014, before the plumbers came to fix the ancient pipes of the Brisbane Hotel, the sinks in the girls' toilets used to sing. We used to sing with them. The sink was our synthesizer. It was live and unplugged. It was a private place to play with my girls. We'd shout and scream and channel the noise. We'd cry and hug, share each other's lipstick and get back out there. It is with great pleasure that I share with you a special sound from a special place, my recording of the Plinks and Plonks.
The sound of live music, so important. The sound of the drums, the sounds of the synthesizers, the guitars and the fiddles, the screams and the poetic words that come forth. But in recent times, recently, like yesterday, in fact today, probably tomorrow, live music has been silenced and is being silenced. But with that silence, and with the silence of humanity, nature reclaims its place. In the middle of the night, a dog woke me with a mournful howl, and I felt like joining in. The evening silence here is extreme. Until recently, Sunday would have treated us to cover bands wafting up the hill like a bad smell from the pub. For now, it is deliciously nuanced with subtle textures. It has presence, reminiscent of how darkness felt after the eternal sunlight of Icelandic solstice. Draped in long pile velvet, the weight of shadows, silence, of blankets on the limbs of a cold, swaddled body. Not oppressive, more like an analogue embrace. When I arrived home to southern Lachwitta, Tasmania, after several months away, the morning ensemble of birds would wake me at 5am with the sunrise. By May, the sun saunters in unapologetically, each day tardier than the last, and I rise at 7am to a chorus of ravens. The last of the flowering plants in the mountains are finished, and the punk cockatoos descend to rave in the banksias. The migratory birds have gone north, gloriously oblivious of boundaries. Slowing down has allowed room for new forms of being present. Apparently many city folk have been noticing increased birdsong due to the quietening anthropophony, the sounds that humans produce. I heard on the radio, though, that bird sounds have actually decreased in volume. Reduced noise pollution has made room for more scored elocution and spacious new compositions. I think we can all appreciate the beauty in Selena Di Cavallo's words. To finish this little journey, I'd like to take you somewhere up above the tree line. Up above the tree line where the snow gums live, pandanis gather in mobs, discussing everything that is happening around them. Up above the tree line where the snow gums live, the land is alive with the sound of bubbles. This bubbling sound makes it feel as though the land is not solid, even though rocks are strewn all around. Up above that tree line where rare pencil pines grow, that bubbling sound permeates everywhere. On a good day, 
a recording of this place is dead silent. On other days, the wind howls and bashes you and drums on your ears. Up above the tree line where the snow gums grow and the pandanis gather, up here there is the sound of bubbles and a bubbling country and a place that doesn't feel permanent. You have been listening to the Music Taz podcast. This podcast is supported by Arts Tasmania and the Australian Council of the Arts. For more episodes, music and sounds from Tasmania, please visit musictasmania.org. Until next time, enjoy the music.